that your body is just a symptom of the things that are going on in your life. So if you're too busy, you're overwhelmed, you're stressed, you're bored, you play the guilt, blame, or shame game, then guess what? There's, again, some more factors than just weight loss that, that need addressed. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to the Wallistic Doses podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. If this is your first time tuning in, we have curated content provided by health and wellness providers that are a part of the Wallistic community. For more information, check out www.wallistic.com. With over 18 years of experience in the fitness industry, today's guest has coached a CrossFit world champion. He graduated cum laude from the University of Akron with a degree in exercise physiology and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Aside from helping his clients reach their goals, he is a family man and married to his high school sweetheart and father of four. In his spare time, he enjoys staying physically active and has competed in CrossFit competitions in Ohio, placing in the top three, along with being an avid runner. I'd like to welcome to the show, Brian Piranha. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate taking some time out and, and having a really great conversation on just health, lifestyle, exercise, nutrition. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you've been busy, um, especially as uh, we've just gone into the new year. Um, I know you're you're busy with clients reaching out to you and corresponding with them and helping them to get on track with reaching their goals. So, the topic that we're discussing today. Um, is fitness resolutions in 2020. Um, and I guess just to start things off, if somebody's really looking to improve their physical health, where do they start? Where do they start? Well, getting into obviously January and the new year, let's not start with a resolution, right? <laughs> Chances are the person listening in may have done that and may have fallen victim to the I've checked out of by February, you know, you're 80% of the people that jump into that. You know, those are just general statistics that people don't stick to that stuff. So uh, there's there's a number of different things that I can bring to table here on getting 2020 off to a great start and what better year and, you know, numbers to that year than 2020. And, and how do you see yourself, the vision that you hold for yourself? And that's where we start. We start with what is the vision that you see for your, your personal health, your fitness, your uh, level of energy, excitement, relationships, and everything else that goes into your everyday life. 2020, let's start off with asking yourself, why is now the year, the time, this instant that I absolutely need to make a change? And to be honest, Eddie, you have to be to that level of commitment to even think about jumping into the resolutions or the goal setting or anything. If you're not absolutely dead set committed to making the change that you want, then guess what? I, unfortunately, I see it all the time. I have conversations with a lot of people all the time that there is some weakness in the link of them actually stepping into the commitment that is required. And oftentimes, Eddie, that is the very thing that is needed to get the transformation that they are looking for is that specific decision of like, I've had enough with what's happening and what I'm experiencing in my life. And now is the time to take action and change. 
valuable information here. What I've you know been able to take away is committing to taking the time to think about the goals themselves, being able to measure those goals, and looking outside of the box at um, really a lifestyle rather than just physical health. Is, it, is yes. that is that all fair to say? That is all fair to say. If if I were to put like a term on it, self care, that's the most important underlying factor. Okay. And that means a lot to people. And so I know so. you work with a lot of different folks that have obviously different goals, each person's individual. When you see somebody looking at the new year and going back to that whole resolutions thing, and we'll cross that out for now, but um, when someone's, we'll say, setting a goal, um, would you say the majority of folks are you know, looking to lose a little bit of weight and tighten up? Or what do you predominantly see? Yeah. So at the end of the day, they want their body to change and weight loss is the the very top on that list because uh, they identify the number on the scale with being bad and not a good thing for them. Uh, unfortunately, in my situation, I generally end up seeing and meeting people that are at the highest that they've been. And so, so certainly weight, scale weight is a predominant factor of people wanting to lose weight fit into their clothes and have some energy to live the life that, that they are doing. And right when now. you're working with clients, I'm sure you go through the whole process of letting them know that weight is just a number. I'm sure you, I mean, and you can elaborate on this. How does somebody look in the mirror at themselves? Is that more important than just a number on the scale? I, I'll hundred percent agree with you on that one. So yeah, the scale tells how gravity's pull on the body. So it's weighing our, our muscles, bones, organs, water, and all the things that are going on in the body, but it doesn't tell the underlying stories of, you know, body fat percentage, uh, the body composition, where the fat's getting stored, um, and all those other factors are how they're visibly seeing themselves in the mirror being represented in their physical body. I often say that your body is just a symptom of the things that are going on in your life. So if you're too busy, you're overwhelmed, you're stressed, you're bored, you play the guilt, blame, or shame game, then guess what? There's, again, some more factors than just weight loss that, that need addressed. Opinion. Yes, we can work on Nutrition and fitness is the very first access points of, okay, let's get excited about eating healthier and getting energy from that. And then let's understand nutrition better and how it's going to fit into your lifestyle. But then let's look at uh, exercise and how we can create movement to create energy. And so many people are walking around with zero energy over caffeinated and trying to rely on, you know, their coffees, Starbucks, Red Bulls, whatever, sugar, and, you know, coming through the holiday season, the sweets, the treats and all that stuff to give them that energy boost that they're looking for. So I'm not going to lie. I ordered uh, <laughs> this ketogenic coffee. I'm not, I'm not doing keto. I'm not really big on diets personally. Um, but the coffee actually has some butter in it, some uh, medium chain triglycerides. And it, it gives me like just a really good level um, throughout the day. So I, I like that just one cup of coffee kind of get things going. But I think that there's a lot of folks out there that are drinking this stuff all day long or yeah. you know, drinking energy mm -hmm. drinks. That's obviously a huge market as well. So what, um, sure you know, you had mentioned 
body fat percentage. And when you're working with somebody and maybe they're looking at the scale and they see lost that much weight, but they're looking different in the mirror. So if they're doing like uh, any kind of weight resistance and they're building some muscle, mm-hmm. is that something that you typically see a lot of um, when someone's losing body fat and maybe gaining some muscle and that can, is that discouraging for the clients? Uh, as long as, uh, as I'm doing a good job listening into what they're saying and coaching and educating them on the process, and then also giving them like some foreshadowing and foresight of what may happen and obstacles or situations or whether good of like, Hey, your body's going to change or bad. Like here's something that you may need to look at uh, a great example of a, a calorie, uh, a, a lady that was talking with even this morning. So it's like, Hey, uh, your calories are pretty low. We just want to know, let you know that if you had a great weight loss week, uh, weight loss isn't necessarily linear. It's not going to be like every week you're losing three pounds on the dot. Like that's not how the body responds. But we, in long-term strategy, like this woman's pretty darn close to her goals and stuff. And so now we're starting to work on body recomposition more so than weight loss. And so now I'm starting to encourage her to actually consider eating more calories for that maintenance level calories and start to educate her around that process. And you can hear at the beginning of her conversation, there's some trepidation and some, a little bit of fear in eating what eat more food. Like I'm going to gain weight. And like, (laughs) no, like that's not how the body works. There is a maintenance level calories and please don't go through the next five years living in a caloric deficit and just eating there because it won't end well for you. So there, I I think that as long as the coach is on point, listening to their clients and help managing the situations that it is, then the client should feel rest assured that they're doing what's required and they're experiencing what is necessary and they're moving through what needs to happen for them. That's a really good explanation. I, there's uh, the, the other idea also um, that I've heard. If I lift weights, let's say I'm a female, um, 35 years old. If I lift weights, I'm going to get big. Yes. Yeah. It's a popular one these days. And it's always been, it's an age old thing. And what I've seen from some of my pedigree of what I've done in my professional career. So I've been in this fitness industry for almost 18 years now. So I was a personal trainer for many years of standing in front of people. And I was, you know, own two gyms and I certainly coach a lot of people remotely now. And it's the main part of my my work with my clients, but to to see that when, uh, especially a female lifts weights, uh, there's three components that I always share with them is number one is that they're not <clears throat> typically doing the training volume and intensity that's required to build the type of muscle or the definition or whatnot that they are thinking is going to happen from lifting 10 pound weights. That's just not going to happen. There's not, you know, they're not in the gym every single day working and lifting and, you know, hour after hour, rep after rep, challenging their body in a really high level. Second one is calories. Generally, when someone goes into diet mode, they go to calorie restriction. And that's exactly it, restricting. So you're not giving your body the building blocks to actually build muscle. Now, certainly if you're doing it properly, you can recomposition and you can start to decrease 
body fat while maintaining muscle levels. And if you add strength training and you haven't been doing that, then that can be a certain way to help actually promote some muscle growth with the right mix of of food and nutrition. So, and then the last one, especially for women is testosterone and they don't really have it. And so those three key factors really can eliminate women from considering bulking when trying to get into their weight loss, you know, weight loss. Training. So there's a lot more that goes into it then. Uh, I'm going to pick up a, a dumbbell in, uh, in my bicep. Going yes. to be 20. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like my, my shirt sleeves are going to get taut and people are going to start looking at me like weird because I'm too muscly or too vascular or something like that. That's just in my experience, again, working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. uh, I've not seen that. But what, what do you see that's a positive of working with weight? So what's the other side of that? Let's once again, give the example, say I'm 35 year old woman, um, average weight, average, you know, in whatever average would be for that. Yeah. I mean, so working with weights, um, since I'm not doing obviously the intensity taking in the calories and my hormone doesn't, I, I don't have a lot of testosterone running through my system. So, so what would I see, uh, by working with weights? or body, you know, body weight exercises, whatever the case may be? Great question. And what I would say is going to uh, really kind of push into knowing uh, that their body is going to change visually. And the things that they start seeing in the mirror should start to uh, change. Their circumference measurements should go down. Their trouble areas should start to reduce. And if they take pictures, which I will tell you that most of my clients don't want to take pictures of themselves, especially at that very first beginning stage of like, wow, I need help. And I, I, I just don't feel good about where I'm at. Then, you know, that's a, that's a key time to train capture where they're at. So it's again, the truth and reality of their situation so that then we can start to make progress. And so, uh, the body should change in, and what I would definitely for women, I work with probably 70, 80% women more often than, than men is that we want to change the mindset around what body weight is. Uh, and so many uh, women, in general can sometimes relate to, you know, their 20 year old self. Well, at 20, they're still not done developing and they haven't had kids and they haven't had settled into other lifestyle choices that they have made. And so, and generally the typical weight range that I hear is that 110 to 130. And, and, you know, that's an appropriate weight for like a high school female. I don't know if that's appropriate for a 35 year old woman that is, as her body's matured, she's gone through life and that she should look and feel differently from that stage in life. And I'm not saying that she can't get down close to those weights proper health, nutrition, fitness. She should look and feel way better than she did way back when and what she identified with that singular body weight. I'd like to break away from my conversation with Brian for a brief moment to introduce F45. F45 training at Five Points Raleigh is your go-to for 45 minutes of whole body high intensity interval training with small group setting. 
Classes are led by certified trainers in every class to assist with technique to prevent and accommodate for injury or modified mobility. In addition, F45 also offers nutrition and meal planning for all members. Start the new year off right with a visit to F45 at Five Points Raleigh on Wake Forest Road near Costco in Wegmans. What do you take into consideration when you're putting together a workout program for somebody? Okay. Great kind of, question. Kind of so number one there. is, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, you know, this is all under the same umbrella of health, right? So with, with, uh, building into a, a lifestyle plan, I have clients that range the full gamut from, Hey, we're just going to start walking to, they have a personal trainer. They're going to multiple times or they're doing their orange theory or CrossFit or soul cycle or Peloton or, you know, whatever they have their home gym or they're doing beach body on demand. And, and those are all really valid, really great programs to <clears throat> include and incorporate into your everyday life. So the rule number one is adherence. We got to make sure that what it is that you are doing is going to adhere to, you're going to be able to adhere to it. So um, I'm not going to tell someone who is used to say running as their main mode of, of exercise. Hey, we're going to be spending two hours in the weight room. That's not <laughs> going to work. Right. So, so, or vice versa. Hey, I hate cardio. I do not like to run. Let's get on a treadmill Chances for an hour. Are, that's, yeah, exactly. That's not <laughs> step number one in the thing. So just through understanding what they've done and experienced in the past, what they're currently doing, and then also considering what's going to be best for their body. Uh, that's the other piece of the factor that we need to have in here is make sure that, uh, you know, the coach the, is champion for them to give them the best outcome, the best solution to their current situation, and then help to bridge the gap of where they are now to where they want to go. So in general, like you and I both know that having some form of strength training, whether it's body weight or resistance training with bands or dumbbells or barbells, or you're going to you know body pump or weight classes or CrossFit or whatever, like that, we can navigate them through that process one step at a time. So maybe it's we're walking for 30 minutes every day, just legit scheduling time for yourself to exercise. And once we get into a good habit of that, then, hey, let's consider some body weight. Usually, they, if we're doing it right, they will self-propel them themselves forward. So they'll be like, they'll be excited and they'll be creating momentum along the way. And, hey, I'd like to try more. Can I get onto the elliptical instead of walking? Okay, cool. Can we get into a body weight workout, like a 20 minute workout circuit? Great. With simple movements of, you know, like push ups, squats, sit ups, jumping jacks, things like that. And as we build and we build on their uh, confidence and certainty around getting into, you know, some form of exercise, then we can just continue to encourage that and then push them into weight training. And again, if you educate the client around what, why, and how to do it, then they're going to be way more likely to actually go experiment with that, have a great experience with it, and then also want to continue to do it. So, you know, in the case of the runner going into two hours of weights, guess what's going to really happen? 
is that they're going to be crazy sore for way too many days and they're never going to want to touch a weight for months to come, right? It's like you have a common sense approach when you're putting together a workout prescription. And it sounded like also you're really lighting a fire within somebody to really carry on the torch and build that fire and that confidence within themselves to, you know, carry on um, the progress that you help them to start to achieve. Uh, interesting to get your thoughts on a few questions. This is kind of a lightning round, if you will. Um, sure. Uh, but basically, I was thinking that you could kind of give us uh, which option is better if there is a is a better. I know a lot of times in fitness, there's kind of a gray area. One can be uh, more beneficial based on a, a lot of different circumstances. But just generally speaking here, um, there's just a couple questions for this. But to start off, uh, for weight loss in general... Um, weights before cardio or cardio before weights. Excellent. So weights before cardio. So warm up, weights, cardio, cool down, stretching, done. That's a great classic approach to it. And this, the real short end of the stick here is when do you have the most energy? When you are in the beginning of your workout, what's going to make the most impact on your body? Lifting, you know, a, a simple example, five pound dumbbells lifted 20 times to get to a total volume of 100 pounds or you know five, 20 pounds lifted five times to get to the total volume of 100. Which one's going to have more impact on the body? Certainly we both would agree the five times the 20 is going to have more impact on the body internally to start to create change. And so that's why we want to spend the time, energy, exercising before. Then the cardio after is kind of wringing the rag out. And that's kind of the sensation that I, the analogy I use is we want to just kind of like get rid of the carbohydrates that are stored in the muscle, start to burn body fat. And that allows the body to just start to build strength, break down muscle to then recover it, and then to burn up any extra carbs and start burning body fat a lot faster so we can get into this fat burning zone repeatedly through following that type of exercise protocol. Awesome. And you led me right into the second question. So high intensity interval training or duration for burning body fat? Uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> a whole other podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Energy right. systems. So, and <laughs> either or. Right, right, exactly. And, and the one thing I joke about, like no one's ever asked me about the cred cycle. Right. <laughs> it's something I had to learn <laughs> in college to get my, my exercise nutrition degree and stuff. So, um, but either, uh, what it, again, adherence for the client. And then what is their time frame? I have super busy clients that some travel week in, week out, and they're barely at home. And others, we have stay-at-home moms that uh, maybe in a more just movement, getting out with their kids and going to the park and walking is going to be a much more viable option for them to spend family time and all that stuff. So at the end of the day, whether you're burning 200 calories in 20 minutes of high intensity or over 45 to 60 minutes of walking, guess what? You still burn 200 calories. And then also, lastly, I'd consider risk of injury in, in terms of their overall exercise programming. So if, if someone's lifting weights heavy and they're this and that and they're in a caloric deficit, guess what? High intensity interval training might might be a good option, but it also might kind of push them into a little bit more of risk of injury because they're 
carb depleted, their calorie reduced, uh, their muscles and their bodies are a little more tapped as a result of being in a calorie deficit. So, you know, really talk with the client and help them understand uh, which one's going to be their best option. So either I, I personally have ran a lot in the past and uh, certainly I've, I've done long runs and interval runs and, and interval trainings and all this stuff. Uh, and right now it's easy for me to walk. And so like my Fitbit, I'll have 20 plus thousand steps a day. Guess what? I know I'm burning a lot of calories. So that gives me an extra couple hundred calories to be able to eat and have a little bit more flexibility and, and moderation in my everyday if I'm moving at that amount. And I don't have to go do cardio per se, unless I was focusing on building my cardiovascular system to go perform for the training for an event or something like that. Awesome. So, so let's say someone's starting out, is there more of a benefit of using body weight training or would you recommend using machines? Which one would be more beneficial for someone that's just starting uh, a new program or they're, they're just trying to get in shape? Okay, great. So again, I would say both. Uh, as long as the client is uh, understands what they're supposed to do on the machines or the body weight, both can be great, easy ways to get started. Even if you're an advanced lifter, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing either of those as well in part of your programming to create variety in your, your training protocol and routines and to help the body respond in a better way. So I would, I would put both. Uh, I have a 12 week kind of beginner coaching program and the month number one is, is really spent introducing them to what a, a body weight. So they'll do three workouts in a week. It's basically six exercises. It's a body weight style, a machine base and a dumbbell. And my goal in that first month is to get them to go into the gym, feel comfortable while about what they're doing, expose them to a wide variety of exercise very quickly and give them a number of different reps and sets that can then get them to experience weightlifting and start to help them identify with what do they actually like and how do they want to continue to progress. So kind of starting out wide and then just funneling down what they're enjoying. Yes. That's, that's an awesome approach. Mm -hmm. Um, so as we wind down, uh, the last two questions are pretty standard here on holistic doses. I always like to ask if you could share something that you've been learning about, um, whether it's a book you're reading or something you've watched recently, a YouTube video or a documentary, whatever it may sure. be. Um, can you share that with us? Yeah, sure. I'll share a couple of things. I looked, I looked at the Game Changers, uh, the vegan uh, athlete lifestyle on Netflix. Uh, check that out. Um, we, uh, I was watching, uh, some reverse dieting on YouTube. Um, I then I had some motivational speeches. Uh, I love getting on there and you'll get like Tony Robbins and Les Brown and all these guys doing, going over motivational speeches and things that can really kind of boost the engine and get that, that, uh, body moving. And, and ultimately like, I'm always, always interested in the psychology and the mindset of, um, human behavior. And because that ultimately, if I can understand that better, then I can understand how to create change in my, my clients so that they can actually change and experience what it is that they want for themselves. Um, yeah. The game changer. That was interesting. I actually watched a couple uh, that were commenting on, on it. it. Yeah. An alternative side, if you will, to some of the information that was presented. Sure. 
So that was, uh, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> if anything I took from it was, uh, it was all kind of anecdotal, meaning top level. Hey, I like the blood serum. Like, oh, here's one with beef and here's one or with animal product and here's one without. But like, is that, is that any different? Like, is that okay? Like they didn't necessarily explain it. They just showed a visual on, Hey, this one looks cloudy. This one is clear, but is that okay? They didn't necessarily explain stuff like that or actually how to create this in an, an active, busy lifestyle that people are living right now. How do you transition into a vegan approach or even just more of a plant-based approach period where you still can eat some meat product or animal product, I should say, but still incorporate you know, more plant-based proteins or healthy vegetables and stuff. Cause let's be honest, Eddie, most people don't eat enough vegetables. Well, <laughs> it's a very basic level. Well, of and mo- and most people don't have a, uh, a personal chef, <laughs> right? Chef, and right. Some exactly. of that food, right. you know, you can eat vegan food and eat unhealthy as well. I mean, it's just cause you're eating uh-huh. vegan doesn't mean <laughs> taco, taco bell serves <laughs> vegan. So you can find vegan options the there. Impossible and, taco? But, you know, <laughs> Maybe. And, and what, what are you getting? You're getting sodium, you're getting salt, you're getting same thing, right? Uh, sugar, I meant to say sodium, sugar, uh, a real high dose of carbohydrates, probably without a lot of fiber to back that up. Definitely. A lot of, uh, it seems like a lot of the vegan options are um, overly processed as well. And really phytonutrients seem to be in yeah. a problem for folks. So my final question for you is how do you deal with stress? Exercise, <laughs> right? Nature's natural <laughs> dopamine and serotonin, uh, you know, that releases, right? So everybody that you probably ever talk to or come across, they always feel better after they move. And exercise can, again, mean a variety of different things. So just standing more of your day, like uh, maybe you sit a lot for you personally, maybe just standing and doing a stand-up desk. I'm standing right now. I stand hours a day kind of fidgeting pacing and moving and when i'm talking to my clients and stuff and that just creates more energy i can think better and i can move and i'm free to be fluid in in space Uh, so movement walking or just getting you know a strength training or maybe i got a lot of energy today and i'm going to work out with a body and we're going to give it a good go and do more of a really higher intensity crossfit style circuit with some heavy weights or something so so yeah, exercise, of course. Most days of the week, I do have some days off and, and it's really just a lifestyle program. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 37 here shortly. I have four kids. I'm self-employed. And so all sorts of different things go into that type of lifestyle. So exercise also changes uh, day in, day out, depending on the schedule and what is happening in, in Did you say you have time off? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's scheduled. Everything, I, I, I live and die by my schedule, right? So even after we're done with this, I have another two clients to call. I have another consult later today. And it goes on and on. We'll have kids off here in a couple hours and start to manage and wrangle them. So yeah, life is certainly busy. it's uh, it's all to say thank you again for uh taking the time out to be here with us this morning uh it's been an awesome podcast i really enjoyed uh, speaking with you this morning definitely uh found that there's a lot of takeaways here um 
just for myself. And I'm sure that a lot of the listeners will uh, be able to take, take a lot away from this as well. So I just want to say to add on. The end all be all of this is 2020. You know, what is the vision that the person listening to this wants for their life? And then, you know, what do you want the end of the year to be like Christmas time getting into 2021 and what that the state of your body, the energy, the being, the food you're eating, the people you're around, the work that you're doing, the relationships you're in, all those things matter. And starting to focus on self-care and understanding why that's so important is is the beginning, like right now. But then when we get to the end, you can you want to crystallize what that is and really see that vision for yourself. And then you can just start to work backwards and start to fill in the blanks of like, okay, if I'm this much weight and I have this much energy and I have these other things in my life happening, what do I have to do now to start creating that change and start to realize those things and bring them into reality for myself? So that that's, that's probably how I'd end. Brian, thanks again. Thank you. For more information about Brian or to contact him, please go to Wallistic.com or BrianPirana.com. Remember to subscribe and share. This is your host, Eddie Kane. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wallistic Doses.